You're listening to the Pitch Stack Podcast. All right, welcome to the Pitch Stack, episode 30. We did it. Yo. We should special sound effects to pretend they're here. Um, <laughs> I know. We just put did. them in post. Exactly. We'll put it in a post, possibly. Um, so yeah, I'm back. I was off last week. I hope you hope you had a good time with Matt. Uh, See you guys. Todd a little viscerai theory. I told you Doug's alive. I didn't kidnap him. I am alive, barely, um, but alive. So, what have we missed while I was gone? Well, number one, first and foremost, uh, it is Fab's third birthday. Um, it has now lived 150% of the lifespan of your average TCG. So, Very true, quite true. Any day now, it's just going to drop dead. I think that's, I think that's tomorrow, the takeaway, right? Tomorrow it drops dead. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's still going healthy. Uh, a lot of card prices are down across the board, but, uh, I think that's just people in a waiting pattern for the next set. And, um, I don't know. The professor's back. He made a video. I, don't, I know you and I had kind of speculated that there might've been a falling out or something because he yeah. hadn't done any fab content. It's weird because, um, I still feel like there's something not really like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not really, rev- like, not known. Yeah, about that situation, just because of the fact that there was, a, and we mentioned this a couple times, and we, we just had a conversation about it, is that, um, there was a scheduled box opening, uh, during Uprising, uh, pre-release, you know, season, uh, and that was kind of just scrubbed from everywhere. As if it never was gonna happen, you know. Yeah. Um. And then he. This is also around the time he made the review for the decks. Yeah. The, the, uh, the uh, classic decks, battles, right? Classic battles, yeah. correct. So it's very, uh, it's very weird. And you know what else is weird? Huh. So this is news to probably you, uh, but if you go to the professor's uh, video, um, his uploaded videos, the last video he published about uh, flesh and blood will be dead is it, flesh and blood will die in two years is gone. Oh, what? Like the flesh and blood has two years left? Yeah. Really? Yep. It's it's down. He took it down. It, I, it, it looks like it's down, unless it's unlisted. Oh, he renamed it because it was uh, clickbait. He oh. renamed it to "Why I Believe in Flesh and Blood." Jeez, I was gonna say, man. Okay, that's he, so funny. Uh, he does this thing where he'll put a clickbaity title on a video for 24 hours, and once the 24 hour metric's over, then he'll go back to like an archival name for the video. Because like, the, if you're going through someone's yeah. YouTube videos and it's all clickbait, you just like, well, what's the point of me watching? You know what I mean? Yeah, of course, no. Okay, yeah, that's funny though. I that, that is, <laughs> I that would that would have been 
fascinating though you know what i mean that we would have been on a mystery yeah um, um so yeah. But yeah it was weird because um it just was never addressed and then in his most recent video about flesh and blood uh he actually responded and just was essentially saying that um i, co- I commented on it, asking him about it and you just said that uh he just wants to focus on magic content as he normally has. And then his flesh and blood content comes, you know, uh, every once in a while, periodically when he has yeah. the time to do it. So that's cool. That makes sense. Uh, it's good to know that he's still kind of like into the game and still talking to people uh, within that fab circle. He's going to Worlds, San San Jose. Yeah, it's like a two hour drive. For him, I think <laughs> I like, he, lives in Cali? Uh, he lives in Oregon. And oh, it's in San far. Jose, which is NorCal. Yeah, that's not far. Um, I know this video, though, is interesting to me because I, um, I went to my LGS earlier today and two of my friends that are very heavily entrenched Magic players, uh, they started asking me about Flesh and Blood. They were like, yeah, I saw this video and I heard it's cool. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've, I've been telling you it's cool for a year. I was like, you just need to hear it from the professor. Cool. Yeah. That's he is the professor after all. Yeah, right. Um, Most trusted among magic peeps. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, so I don't know. I know uh, it, at least one of my friends is probably going to pick up some blitz decks or put a deck together or something because it's just super fun. Um, I also think like. I don't know. I was like, I was thinking about this with like just everything that's happening in magic right now, where it's like the year is 2022. It's like yeah. Megatron is a chase mythic booster packs are a thousand dollars. I think uh, it just makes a lot of sense to be like, oh, here's this other card game that's like really calmed down <laughs> like in terms of selling stuff. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. They're not p- pumping out product every freaking month. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's getting really out of hand with Magic, though, too. Like, I missed out on those Warhammer Commander decks. Uh, I know you said you got a set, right? Oh, yeah. I got a full set. Just of the non-foils, because I got a really good uh, pre-order price in. Locked that in. And uh, I just, you know, I like the idea, the concept, and whatnot. I kind of wanted to see, uh, like, a a complete set of them to not, like, disassemble. I, um... I got offered the full set of four of them today for 250 and I really oh, thought about it. But then I was like, eh. I know it's a steal. Um, but I, uh, I'd rather spend that money on Dynasty. So. Hey, there you go. You know, 250 isn't necessarily a steal, at least as far as like what they should be going for. Because I feel like they might be printing these a lot more than people think. Yeah, I think they are too. The LGS that I was at today had literally boxes and boxes and boxes of them. It yeah. was just insane. Uh, They'll probably go back down. They have been falling. TCG low for the complete set is two eighty five right now, but I, I don't see that saying still. I think there's like a fake scarcity of them. Yeah, certainly. Unlike Flesh and Blood, who has controlled flow of product. Yeah, God bless that. Um, so pretty excited about that. However, uh, with this super slow, I, it's so weird, right? Because magic product used to be at this same pace. Um, and it feels glacial, right? Uh, compared to MTG, but we are finally three weeks away from dynasty 
And uh, we've we finally have some cards to talk about, which is cool. Oh yeah, I'm so excited actually. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I took a look at these. If you have not seen all of the spoilers yet, and you're listening to this, highly recommend you go to fabrary.net, um, and take a look at the spoilers so far they've got a great spoiler tracker akin to like uh M- like magic's mythic spoiler equivalent and um i don't know these spoilers are all fascinating a lot of um i really like that they are continuing to find cards that have unique mechanics without being complicated oh yeah uh which is super cool so i don't know uh, how do you want to go through these? You just want to, uh, well, I don't know. Which one's your favorite? I'll ask you that. So, I mean, obviously my favorite one's going to be the only Runeblade card spoiled so far, and that's the t- Amethyst Tiara. Amethyst yeah. Tiara. The Amethyst Tiara. That is my favorite so far. Um, it it seems, and, and this is mostly the case with most of these other equipment that we've seen so far, uh, it seems to be fulfill a very extremely niche role uh, very sideboard-like almost uh, role for the heroes that could uh, equip these uh, equipment. Yeah. You know, because it says uh, Blade Break 1, as, as an instant destroy it, and Rune Chance you control half spell void 1 this turn. So, Briar doesn't necessarily make Rune Chance that easily. She can make, like, if she's equipped to Grasp, most decks uh, will run a Grasp and then produce one to attack with. Uh, maybe Revel in some case, but that's an offensive card. Um, and Chain doesn't is, is quite the same way. Uh, Viscera is the only deck I can see uh, making use out of Rune Chance uh, defensively and having some ready for the next turn while their opponent plays. Yeah. So I, I feel like this is the only place this goes, unless we haven't seen a hero that we're going to be getting in the future. That is a rune blade. I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll print another one eventually. Uh, one thing I have noticed, though, with a lot of these cards that we are seeing, um, I mean, at least with the three armors they've spoiled so far, they seem to me to be very, uh, very sideboard focused, which is cool. Yeah. I'm I like that a lot. It's um, I like them pushing more of an equipment based sideboard plan. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cool. I think that's 100% the way to do it uh, once the card pool is large enough. It's just much easier to sideboard that way than to kind of guess about cards and like specifically what your opponent's playing as opposed to just right. dropping equipment. Um, yeah. I don't know. The the Blaze and Yorai... I'm going to mm. say that wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's Blaze and Yoroi. Yoroi, yeah. I mean... I, I, the OI's... Interesting. Not totally sure, of course. Um, but it is based on like a word, a Japanese word for Oyoroi. Um, I would hope so. But you um, know what I think? Yeah, sorry. Um, you were talking about Blazin Yoroi. Yeah. I don't know. I say, I mean, I, it's just interesting to see a card that's so specifically narrow. It's almost like a Luvian Constellus, mm-hmm. where it's like, this is for the mirror. Enjoy. Well, Luvian Constellus actually plays somewhat well into, uh, like, Rune Blades. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, you're getting yeah. enough damage. Um, but here's the thing. I think people are missing a massive point about these equipment. Most of the conversations that are being had around these equipments are how they're 
too restrictive. Um, they're too niche or they just flat out suck. Um, like they're useless. And I encourage everyone to give time for the set to finish revealing itself so that we have the most amount of information to work with. Cause we don't know exactly how this set's going to affect the classic constructed meta and, or the blitz meta that we're, uh, that we know of. Right. Uh, yeah. The new heroes being introduced, the new weapons, uh, items, cards can definitely shake, shake things up. But I think another thing people forget is that this set is, supposed to be the uh unless they're continuing to push pve back even further from what i understand this is supposed to be the full reveal of pve oh interesting i mean am i wrong have have we not been discussing pve this entire time in conjunction with dynasty yeah i thought that was the entire plan so like unless this is i don't think i i don't think they're going to be pushing another upf sort of thing like and they're not making another upf push i hope um i think this is more of a focus for um pve and to, and to support it right and yeah. it seems these all these items and stuff if you were to put it in a pve context make a little bit more sense if you can use a little imagination yeah that makes sense to me right um as far as rock goes not having cards in your hand seems pretty difficult to manage when you're always drawing back up and uh needing to pitch to activate it uh, or go having to jump around hoops to have items in play um it might make more sense that you know in a pv setting a brute might already have his items kind of like on hand you know like an energy potion yeah or a tunic counter or something and he kind of just cracks that and then uses the rock to swing at an enemy or something um season savior as well uh, it starts with two uh, minus one defense counters, and it doesn't seem like Yoji has any uh, way to remove them other than a common card that we've seen right now, spoiled alongside it, uh, Reinforced Steel. Um, yeah. So it seems like a really niche, like, very specific way to remove those counters, but there's got to be another way to do it. Well, yeah, so, I mean, it comes to the down to the equip mechanic, right? Well, equip mechanic as far as we understand is uh explained on taylor as well i think pretty sure um equip is just when you start the game and you add it to your you know your lineup right you're playing you're setting it on your table your arena i'm pretty sure that's equip so right at the beginning of the game you put the minus one counters on it but like it like it's as it's worded it could very well work the same way in mid in the middle of a PVE game. You decide to equip season savior and now it gets two minus one counters. So it's interesting because they do use the word equip on Taylor, but they don't necessarily define it. What I think armory. But do they say armory? It does say, I believe it says says inventory. inventory, Yeah, that makes sense. But we never referred to our sideboards as our inventory. I do believe that the like in deck building, it's referred to as the inventory. I, I don't know. I just I think what they're going to do is they're going to have cards that allow you to like put equipment from your sideboard essentially on mid game. Mm-hmm. And that's why like uh, with season savior, it's like when you equip it, put two minus one counters on it. So like if you're going to start the game with it, it's a three block. But then if you equip it, it's a one block. Yeah. I mean, they, they wouldn't have this thing worded as such if you didn't have ways to remove the counters. 
Um, and I'm pretty sure we also have, unless it's, uh, unless I'm thinking of a different card, but I'm pretty sure we already have a card that can remove, uh, minus one counters or minus one defense, uh, from shields and the such. Oh yeah. There's that reinforced steel card. Yeah, nerves, just, uh... It's nerves of steel. It can remove, uh, minus it's chest equipment. So not shields minus one counter from a chest equipment you control. Yeah, there's the the dynasty spoiler reinforced steels. The one you're thinking of that lets well, you. Well, yeah, pre, yeah. I just mentioned the yellows and blues are speculated on because we've yeah, yeah, only yeah, seen yeah. the red. But we can only assume that the yellows and blues uh, remove from lesser base defense uh, a shield. I'm still uh, I'm still in the boat that equip only means when you like put on an equipment mid game as opposed Not to like what you to start, start with. Hmm. that's it's like to me that would make this mechanic make a lot more sense right where it's like you can start with an o3 offhand with battle worn or like mid game after your other shield breaks you're allowed to put on another like you can bring out this shield again but instead of giving you three more health it just gives you one more with battle worn that you know would what I mean? be interesting but we nothing that yoji does suggests that he's it's possible i don't think we're gonna get another get another guardian hero this set uh, it might be for something coming forward, but uh, that's true. I think yeah. this could just be for all uh, guardians, though, since it's just a uh, you know it's a majestic and a supplementary set. Yeah, but like we said, it could be, there very well be a PVE card. Yeah, yeah. It's hard um, to tell, right? Cause with all these, because initially when we saw this treatment, right, with Crown of Dominion, um, I just kind of assumed that all of these treatments would be for PVE cards, but it's for like every single piece of equipment in this set. Yeah, but so, it looks good. Yeah, like it looks it. it looks real good. Um, so are there any equipment that stand out to you? Well, I mean, well, so before I get into like what stands out mechanically, uh, one thing that does stand out to me is the formatting on Crown of Dominion, even though it is the only legendary one, is much uh, more different than the other ones from yes, the... I have noticed I forget that. what they call the Marvel. For the Marvel, this. yes. Um, I There's have like a word for these. About. Yeah, it's like... Oh, the, the specific treatment? Yeah, the treatment's got a weird name. Uh, I'm not totally sure, but I believe it's... I mean, I, I only know it's a Marvel. Yeah, it's cool. I uh, so I don't know the one that sticks out to me. Obviously, I don't. The one that I keep thinking about is the Hanabi Blaster. Um, will it be possible for? I don't. I mean, will it be possible to end up building a consistent enough mechanologist deck where you just are going straight to the face aggro? And I think it might be with this. I mean, the current deck as it stands is that, essentially, uh, without yeah. the game plan to go, like, pistol, like, you know, like, uh, needling them with pistol, right? Um, but if you ran the blaster, you have the higher opportunity to push more damage, right, in the late game and present, like, I guess, uh, a more difficult to block and more... Uh, you know, inevitable amount of damage you'd be taking. Yeah. So I think that's worth something. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Hmm. Relics of War is what they're called. Yeah. Also, uh, I think the that's general item list is called Relics of War. But 
I'm really interested in the Merciless Battle Axe. Yeah. What a uh what a weird card. I think yeah. it's overcosted personally. Yeah, it it, it feels overcosted for sure. Um but we have yet to see you know if there's any new uh support for it in the set. Maybe a warrior hero uh to help make this battle act shine with an ability. You know. Yeah. Um that'd be really sweet. I would really love for an axe to be like really playable other than Ravenous Mean Axe and uh the axes Bolton uses. Yeah. Yeah, I actually I do like that. I mean, we've we've speculated on warrior axes before. So it's uh it's interesting to see us finally getting one. Um finally cards from Everfest have a use. So Yeah, I don't know. I do think the most interesting card to me is Water Glow Lanterns. Um, it does, uh, it kind of, it, it goes into the theme that I think like all illusionists are going to end up having a specific card pitch color that they represent. Um, yeah. Obviously, we haven't seen the blue one. But uh, gosh, can you imagine one. like, uh, I don't know, just, I mean, yellow Water Glow Lanterns in... Uh, in prism sounds real good seems like it probably could be pretty decent yeah it's, it's a shame so you gotta play a yellow make a shield know the top card of your deck and then go again yeah don't have to worry about a card in your soul i mean you would to make a shield yes it, it's the same value but it goes in i don't know i mean it's not like in not like with the red one where the red one enables Dromai's go again, right? Yeah, that's true because you're not pitching the yellow. I yeah. mean, although that card rotate, yeah. But I see what you're saying. Um. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I think the the currently the red one seems the most playable, but even then, yeah, like, it's really the only one with a home. Does Dromai really need like a spectral shield at the cost of a card and a go again? Like, be like just playing other. Uh, there are other things you can be playing that are much better, I think. Like an attack yeah. or a sigil solace. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, huh. You know, uh, that Sandscour Great Bow is something definitely worth talking about. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, anytime there's a new Ranger card, people are like, maybe this is the time. I think this might be it. I mean, I'm hoping, really. Because it's a one-cost uh, go-again uh, activated action once per turn. Look at the top card of your deck. You may put an arrow from your hand or the top of your deck face up into your arsenal. Go again. So it lets you kind of uh, peek with it like Azalea. Uh, like peek with her, the, the helmet, the same way you would normally opt, but it has to stay on top or go into your arsenal. And then uh, you get to put a card from your hand over there onto your arsenal. And then it also has text that says, when an arrow is put face up into your arsenal from your deck, put an aim counter on it. Which is interesting, right? We don't know what name counter is, right? Yeah. We are still in the dark about that. But I have a few guesses. Interesting. What do I you think? So, what I really want it to be 
I mean, think about this, right? Like, it's it to me, it's got to be one of two things, right? My first uh, speculation is that the card take aim. What does it do? It reloads and it gives a buff. Yeah. So I think it probably doesn't give a buff, but it would be cool if it did give a buff, right? Because I think otherwise this would just say gives a plus one plus plus one power, right? Yeah. Um, but what it might do is have give it text that says when it hits reload. Yeah. I like that. But what does aiming have to do with reloading, right? So, like, maybe it says um, when you aim, uh, opt, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of the things that aim could mean. Because the aim counter has to have rules for it that continue to apply to the arrow, even if you don't play it that turn. Because there probably is situations where you'll load that arrow with an aim counter. On another yeah. turn. So because it's a counter, right? Where we put an aim counter on it instead of just... I mean, to me, that indicates that they would want multiples. Um, so maybe it just uh, gives that arrow plus one in perpetuity. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it's I not think that makes the most turn. sense to me. Yeah. Right, yeah. No, that's totally that totally checks. I mean, obviously, that's probably the simplest it could be. I'm sure it'll be a little more complicated than that, but that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, some people are saying maybe go again. Um, possible. Would I do? I think that that's going to that, that is that what's going to happen? I doubt it. I doubt it's going to be go again. Yeah, it um, seems like too obvious. It's, it's just like you said, right? Whatever it gains has to be in perpetuity. Like you yeah. nailed it. Um, so. But yeah, I know. I think this. I think hopefully this and a few more other things could be the the push that Zalia needs to actually uh, break through into CC. Yeah, that would be quite cool. Uh, giving you access to that extra card really helps too, because uh, card advantage oh, is one of the biggest problems with Ranger. So, hundred percent. Cool. What do you think about the um, the Wizard Staff? Um. I got to remember what it does. Uh, it's the one that gives you like a metacarpus thing or whatever. So, oh, never uh, mind. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's a very. Uh, I kind of like it. It kind of yeah. gives it's because it's not as good as waning moon, right? Um, where it does less damage and it's like a more obvious opener. It's it's a cool card. I um I think you we may see like a different build of wizard where this is there to give wizard more consistent damage from turn to turn without needing that giant go off turn of yeah. striders. Um well, what I think um is that this could potentially change the wizard game plan. Or we may be introduced to a wizard that has more of a like, I'm going to play on my turn, but do a lot more with it kind of game plan. Yeah. Because, like, Cause, I okay, mean, at so, very worst, this is two mm, damage for two, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. So if you consider the possibility of playing as a wizard, and you usually don't want to really want to give them momentum, um, if they attack you with the weapon uh, and you decide to prevent it, right? that's a card out of your hand 
and then they get to go again. So now they get to play another attack or, I mean, attack or uh, arcane damage source uh, non-attack action. And then you might want to start preventing that, depending if it has some kind of like on hit effect or not, right? Yeah. So now they're putting pressure on you rather than waiting for you to place pressure and then them responding to that. They're being more proactive in the case of this weapon. Um, I'm not sure, you know, other than I'm not sure what situation you would be in or what kind of hero you'd be playing to want to do that because Kano plays the best uh, as he normally does in CC. Um, and Icelander doesn't really want to play this. She wants to play Waning Moon. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if they introduce a new version of Kano or another uh, wizard that'd like to use this uh, staff instead of uh, the other ones that we've been using. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think this is cool. I think it's very flexible and it innately leads itself to game plans with existing cards. And I think that makes this a fantastic card. Mm. Just, uh, yeah. it'd be like, I mean, as opposed to like a lot of other spoilers we see, and it's like, well, like, hope they print a bunch of new cards to make that work. Uh, so, so far, I think of all the spoilers that we have seen, I think this might be. I mean, other Hanabi Blaster as well. I think those two might be the best cards so well, far. Yeah, and then potentially if they finally print some a way to give uh, the staff extra damage, right? Now we're talking even more with Surge and Aether, Aether Tide, right? Yeah, you hit it with like any sort of replacement effect. Um, you like a uh, Metacarpus Node or whatever. You can mm -hmm. really go nuts. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really good. Yeah. So one other somewhat speculative, uh, we've got actually have a couple, <laughs> it's funny enough. We're, we're low on information as far as like what to see in the set because of the references and other cards that we're seeing. But, um, sap is a new wizard, uh, non-attack action. Uh, just another, uh, nothing, just another zap. Essentially it's a sap. Um, and it deals three arcane damage to target hero for zero red. Uh, and but it also has a new keyword surge, and that is worded as if this deals more than three damage to a hero, you may remove an energy counter from a permanent they control. Oh, interesting. So now this introduces a couple of new things, potential well, concepts and game rules. So, like, we are now considering. Uh, objects on the arena permanence, right to begin with. Yeah, that's new. Um, it's hard to realize that though if you're like typically a magic player, that's just standard jargon. Um, but that's not jargon that's normally used in flesh and blood. Um, they're not really considered permanence. I don't believe. Um, I might be mistaken, but I don't believe they're considered permanence in the game rule sense. Uh, but additionally. Energy counters. The only equipment that I'm aware of that uses an energy counter is the Findel Spring Tunic. Oh, that is interesting. Right. Yeah. Is that I mean, specifically an energy counter? Yeah, I it think it is. It is an right? energy counter. It is. Um, and there might be items or auras in the future or weapons or more equipment that use energy counters uh, as a way to like generate resource or gain an activation or something. Yeah. Uh, and if you're sapping them, you're slowing them down significantly, especially with Tunic. So it's, it consider like 
wizard mayor matches where sap is an actual thing. Uh, you're forced to like set up, continue to have your setup ready uh, without losing that counter momentum if you need to prevent the sap damage, you know. Um, so you don't lose that momentum if you're like planning on stat, like getting ready for a tunic turn, right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, Pretty I think for sure we see more energy equipment then in that case. There's no way they print a tunic hate card. You know what? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be great because of tunic. It just replaces Zap, essentially. Um, yeah. And it blocks for three, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. It, this is a promo as well. Uh, and then there's another art for it. So there's a couple, there's a couple different arts for this. Huh. Yeah, I've only seen the uh, I've only seen the art that is part of the uh, what do you call it the uh, armory kit for this upcoming month, and it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, there's something very like late '80s about it. It's cool. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty and, excited. Um, last week we got, um, or I don't know if it was last week, but a couple weeks ago we got that uh, blessing blessing of Aether and Yoji. Uh, Spoiler, so we've gone over that already. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But this coming armory kit, we have a new uh, cold foil and uh, extended art promo. And it's a cold foil weapon, actually. One Quicksilver yeah. dagger, which is huh. warrior. Interesting. I've been thinking about this ninja card um, that we're looking at, that we have the uh, the predatory streak. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's pretty interesting. I don't oh, know yeah. exactly what a crouching tiger is, but like it has to be less powerful than a uh, than a phoenix flame, right? I mean, might it? I mean, the the power behind the phoenix flame is the ability to retrieve it at will, and then to enable your Draconic Change, right? And then all the other cards that care about Draconic Attacks or Phoenix Flame specifically. Um, But this seems like... So, it creates three Crouching Tigers, which I'm assuming are tokens of some kind. Um, Token cards. In your Banish Zone, you may play them this turn. So they must be actions or instants of some kind. I'm assuming an attack action um, that can be played out of your banish this turn. I'm assuming they have go again because it's three of them and you can play all of them this turn. Um, but what kind of attack could they possibly be? I mean, would you think, okay, so how, what do you think about this? This is a, this is a theory I just make came up with, right? So Ninja likes con, uh, likes chain links, right? Yeah. So what if Predatory Streak essentially was just a zero for three split up into three attacks? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So you would start your turn with Predatory Streak, create your Crouching Tigers, pitch your blue blue zero for your Kadachi, Kadachi, and you can go Predatory Streak, and then you can go Crouching Tiger, Crouching Tiger, Crouching Tiger, and now you've threatened, like, several times you've threatened a... Uh, mask of momentum trigger right with all yeah. one damage attacks of course your opponents at this point ha- has had to block um and then now you could start putting on the real pressure with attacks 
and you've only spent one card that you other than you normally would have because you normally would Kadachi for sure. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's that very, makes a lot of sense to it's me. It's very odd though in that I believe this is if I'm not mistaken uh, other than like Draconic cards this is the first ninja action. Oh yeah. There is uh unless you ancestral me- empowerment that's that an, a- that, that's a reaction. Oh yeah. I believe yeah. I, I believe that uh I believe this was uh, and this is the first uh, ninja action, huh? That's like just crazy. straight action. Huh. That's really cool. I mean, obviously, there's draconic ninja actions, but yeah, there, there's um, action. we have um, the one that fetches the phoenix flame. Yeah, right. That's a draconic ninja action. Uh, but other than that, they're all attacks. Yeah, it's good to see the ninjas calm down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Slowing down. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And then you mentioned it a second ago. Uh, the Quicksilver Dagger. What do you think about that? Finally giving warriors a dagger. Yeah. Uh, it alone. It seems terrible. Um, alone, of course. That yeah. is not accounting for any future cards that seem uh, that seem to really power it up. You know. Um, it seems to be an okay pairing with another one-handed weapon. But then when you just got to ask yourself, how does this make more sense than just running two of the weapon I already have? Um, it doesn't. So as of right now, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, I'd love for there to be some light shed upon this. My immediate thoughts were like Dorinthia, because she allows you to sort of attack again with weapons. Um, and if you go like maybe, um, you give one of your daggers go again immediately and then attack with it, it hits, right? Yeah. Um, and then you attack with your other dagger that has go again. And then you attack with the first dagger again. Uh, and then that has go again. Yeah, since it gained go again from the other ones, gaining go again, go again, and so now you've essentially built Dorinthia to be like a Katsu deck, um, and then perhaps you would run attacks instead of uh, focusing on running uh, the go like the uh, combat trick route, right? I mean, you still could run the uh, the reaction route stuff, uh, like all the reactions and buffs and whatnot, but. I feel like there's, it could lend its lead itself into a whole nother build, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not sure. Um, it's interesting, though, for sure. Absolutely interesting. Huh. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm pretty excited for the set. I'm excited to see more cards uh, more than anything. Um, I feel like any day now we're going to get some real cool stuff. I feel these are just all the teasers so far. I mean, at this point, we've only seen two of the five legendaries. So, yeah, we'll see. It's three weeks away. Uh, so mm-hmm. hurry up, LSS. Um, so next week, we probably get some more Dynasty spoilers. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, they're saying. Uh, apparently, there's no more spoilers until the 30th. That can't be right. 
So That's we'll probably see. right. They just wanted to tease us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very true. Well, all that said, uh, I think uh, really the only other big news, right, is the uh, the market is the lowest it's ever been. Oh, yeah. Things are going down. Oh, you know what? I forgot. There's the uh, the Defeat the Devs thing they're adding to uh, oh, yeah. Dance with the Devs that they're adding to Worlds. That's true. Uh, that'll be cool. I do like the idea of them adding some developers to a league. I don't know if you remember this, but they had a Magic League at one point that Ian Duke, who's Reed Duke's brother, uh, if you follow Magic the Gathering players, uh, Ian Duke is one of the main developers of Magic the Gathering, and he was in one of these tournament things, and like, uh, it was very good for him as a developer to just, like, regularly play in these competitive events. So I think this could be good. Obviously, it's a one-time thing, but... I'm sure they play in their armories, their locals and stuff, you know. But we know how um, non-toxic it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, who knows? Uh, but it's really cool. It gives opportunity to um, some of the players who don't make the top eight. Uh, it seems, as far as I, I understand by reading this, it's like uh, it's a, a pro. It's actually a professional REL, um, but it's six game devs and ten community members. In addition to uh, the top eight, the the b- bottom eight of top sixteen uh, of World Championship main event. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they also are grabbing um, one undefeated player chosen at random from each of the Friday and Saturday classic constructed daily double side events. Uh, only two players. So it adds up to a total of 26 players, I think. If that math is correct. I think it is. So, yeah, that'd be really interesting. Um, And they're giving away gold foil legendary and $3,000 and $2,000 for second place. Nice. So, yeah, that'd be really cool. Get to play against uh, Jason Chung. Chris Gehrig. Unfortunately, not James White himself. No, that's not James White. Yeah, that's what we want. Yeah. Have we ever seen James White play actual flesh and blood? Anyone there is like so. There is uh like this video they did where it's like a preview of the of the classic battles deck. Yeah, and there's like B roll footage of him playing in the background, but he never yeah, like that plays. Count. That's like the the classic battles. That's easy. easy yeah. <laughs> well, shall we get? To the highlight and the low light of the day. Um, Seems so, yeah. The fab market as a whole is uh, at the lowest it has been since we started keeping track of it. Um, you can pick up every fabled, every legendary uh, for just a hair over $3,000 right now, which is crazy. Yeah, jeez. Uh, I mean, all of these, fa- most of the fables are the lowest they've ever been. Um, I believe that, I mean, obviously, Arc Knight Shard is going to stay at that price forever because it has its utility, it has its place. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Heart of Find All has gone up because of the way the meta is, but everything else is just tanked. I mean, well, Library um, 79. Yeah, I, I have a video still kind of high, high up there. That's true. 
It know, is still kind of high, but it is the lowest uh, it's been since we've been tracking. Heart of Findle's been making a resurgence. Absolutely. It I uh, I mean it's just I think it's that slow grindy meta. There's like so few of them in circulation, I think, that uh I mean there's as many as any other one, but just anybody that has a heart of find all right now isn't trying to get rid of it, you know? Understandable, like, yeah. Like if you went out and acquired one while this price was going up, uh it's because you're playing it in your oldham deck or whichever deck you're using right now. Um Blood of the Decry for fifty bucks is crazy. That is insane to me. Um, aside from that, uh, really not a lot of major steals in terms of cards to look out for. Uh, I mean, Crown of Providence going down to 111. I think this is going to be its floor for a while. Uh, probably a good time to pick that up considering it has supplanted the Arcanite Skullcap um, as the de facto head equipment. I don't know. Everything else is just uh, things are getting cheaper and cheaper. Um, I don't know. Nothing mm-hmm. else really sticking out to me. Dynamo at 94 seems like a good pickup, even though it's not that much cheaper than it normally is. I um, think it can it can go lower depending on what um, Dynasty brings us. Yeah. It has the potential to get lower. I think people are just keeping an ear out for like warrior stuff. Right? Because the cool Quicksilver dagger thing and uh, the battle axe has it has have has me thinking about what's uh, in store for us, so I'm not super sure. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense to me. So yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping they sneak out another legendary before next week. I'd be very happy about that. Oh, that would be sick. I would love to see another card, at least one card, before Absolutely. another week goes by. So yeah, I don't know. I think that about does it for this week. It's good to be back. Good to have 30 episodes. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Matt, you got anything to add? Any final notes? Final notes? Um, not particularly. I mean, don't don't um, underestimate these equipment. Uh, they don't really look too hot right now. But uh, let's just wait and see. Because... Uh, PV is supposedly coming and uh, the rest of the set still yet to be seen. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Until next time. See you.